Hey everyone, and welcome back to our second official episode of Once Upon a Blue Moon, brought to you by Shaping Foundations, a student-led nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness and fundraising for rare diseases. My name is Leisha, and I am your host for today. Since it is my first time here, I would love to give everyone a little introduction about myself. I am currently a rising junior. I have a great passion for the medical field and would love to work with patients in the future. In my free time, I love to make crafts or practice dancing. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. We are glad to have you. This podcast talks about everything related to rare diseases, from impacts by the healthcare industry on people with rare diseases to real stories. Last episode, we focused on a more general idea of how the healthcare industry and rare diseases play into each other. But today, we're going to focus on an area of healthcare that can be best described as a frontier of sorts, research. Medicine, like many other fields, relies on curiosity and discovery to create innovative solutions to problems. When it comes to rare diseases, research is especially important, mainly because of the need to truly understand the physiology and origins of these diseases. In the medical industry, research is mainly focused on diseases that afflict a wider population, like heart disease or cancers. Stick to the end to find out more about us, but until then, let's dive into today's topic. Why does research for rare diseases matter? Collectively, rare diseases impact more individuals than both cancer and AIDS combined. That's a big number, at least 30 million people in the United States alone and 400 million people worldwide. Still, the research on rare diseases is almost unheard of. This community as a whole is underserved by medicine and around 95% of rare diseases have no available treatment. While the benefits of research to the rare disease community are obvious, The research of rare diseases also has many benefits. From a scientific standpoint, understanding the basic physiological and pathophysiological natures of each disease contributes to a deeper understanding of health and illness that benefits the medical community as a whole. Furthermore, a greater understanding of rare diseases as well as creative therapies can also be applicable or spark inspiration for another as well as more common diseases, which benefits more patients overall. What are some challenges of conducting research for rare diseases? While research for rare diseases is crucial, there are many factors that make research for rare diseases exceptionally difficult, more so even than other diseases such as cancer and heart disease. Just to introduce you to the concept of clinical trials. Clinical trials are experiments to see how various therapies work with a disease and whether this therapy can be marketed as a viable treatment option. Arguably, Among the biggest challenges for rare disease research is the fact that many times the number of individuals affected by a specific disease is so small that finding enough patients to participate in trials alone can prove to be very difficult. Furthermore, these patients are usually spread very thin and are so far geographically removed that getting them involved in studies is doubly difficult. Moreover, the medical experts on these specific diseases are equally distant from one another, making the organization of studies itself very difficult. What makes things worse is that often it takes between six to eight years to get the correct diagnosis for a rare disease patient, making finding these patients, particularly those who are even eligible to participate in these studies. 
Aside from the challenges of setting up studies alone, conducting studies becomes a separate battle entirely. What makes the study of rare diseases particularly difficult, especially as influenced by the aforementioned factors, is that there is very little historical data for each disease. This is particularly true for diseases that are now only being discovered or diseases which now have faster and more accurate diagnostic methods. Because of this, not much is known about each disease, making further study difficult as there is little literature to rely upon. Moreover, patients with rare diseases are often missing biomarkers, which are chemical and physical signs of disease that react to treatment and are used to help diagnose a disease. Because rare diseases tend to lack these, developing treatments and understanding how well they work is extremely difficult. So, what is the solution? Currently, there are a lot of actions being taken to promote rare disease research, especially in the form of legislation and government action in advocating for rare diseases. In particular, the National Institute of Health and a particular department of this organization, known as the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences, or NCATS, have several initiatives and programs dedicated solely to rare, neglected, and genetic diseases. These programs address different components of the many challenges presented above in advancing their research into rare disease diagnoses and therapies. The NCATS division of the NIH has four particular programs addressed to advocate for rare diseases. RDCRN, Rare Disease Clinical Research Network, TRND, Therapeutics for Rare and Neglected Diseases, RADAR, Rare Disease Registry Program, and GARD. Genetic and Rare Disease Information Center. Each of these programs, their goals, and their actions will be discussed in more depth below. The RDCRN advances research by providing a network of support for clinical studies and making collaboration between professionals easier as well as getting patients involved in the trials as well. It connects scientists, patients, and patient advocacy groups to study over 200 rare diseases, the following is a list of ways in which the RDCRN makes rare disease research easier, makes collaboration across multiple sites and over extended periods of time, promoting rare disease research to incoming scientists, supporting pilot feasibility research projects, data management tools to increase the standards and accessibility of research data for rare diseases, providing access to information regarding rare diseases for researchers, physicians, patients, and the public. RDCRN consists of about 20 different rare disease consortias, or groups of researchers, physicians, and the patients that work together to conduct research on a particular group of diseases. For example, the Brain Vascular Malformation Consortium, Predictors of Clinical Course, or BVMC, is a consortium that studies three rare brain conditions. For a full list, visit ncats.nih.gov. Next, the TRND helps in combating some of the barriers of rare disease research. It mainly facilitates preclinical testing and motivates pharmaceutical biotechnology companies to develop drugs and therapies for rare and neglected diseases. Drug companies are often hesitant because there is not much profit in rare diseases and the cost of development and production is very high. By performing preclinical testing, TRND makes candidates for trials more appealing to external business partners to adopt them for research. As a whole, TRND aims to speed and encourage development of therapies for rare diseases by focusing on improving the preclinical stages of therapeutic development. Furthermore, 
RADRN is an initiative of the NIH NCATS aimed towards making the rare disease community better equipped to promote, advocate, and raise awareness for rare diseases. It does this by assisting specifically in the creation and maintenance of registries. A registry is a collection of information about individuals, usually focused around a specific diagnosis or condition. The goal of these registries is to connect rare disease patients with researchers and studies aimed to develop treatments for them. RADAR has three planned phases and it's currently in its first. The phases of RADAR are listed below. Phase one, contact and demographic information. This phase is aimed at connecting patients directly from their registries to research opportunities. It does this by finding individuals who are eligible and interested in participating in research studies by spreading information about as many research opportunities as possible to these patients. Phase two, patient experience data and patient reported outcomes. This phase consists of collecting data regarding the results of these studies, as well as patient reported outcomes. Phase three, natural history and clinical trial data. This phase consists of natural history studies and clinical trial data, which helps to build more scientific understanding of each disease, as well as create a foundation for the development of new therapies and further studies for the diseases. Finally, the GARD is an NCATS program funded in conjunction with the NHGRI, National Human Genome Research Institute, whose purpose is to provide the most updated information to patients, researchers, physicians, advocacy groups and leaders, and the general public. GARD contributes to the rare disease effort by compiling and making available information on rare genetic disorders. Currently, many companies have taken on the task of conducting research on rare diseases. Due to the vast multitude of rare diseases, each company tends to choose a few diseases and focus on those. For example, Rocket Pharmaceuticals is an organization dedicated to discovering curative genetic therapies for rare diseases and is currently conducting clinical trials for Danon disease, Fansoni anemia, LAD1 pyruvate kinase deficiency, and infantile malignant osteoporosis. For more information on Rocket Pharmaceuticals, check out their website. As an ordinary citizen, what can you do? Well, you have a lot of power to enact change in rare disease research. By staying informed and listening to this article, you've already made a difference. Furthermore, by donating directly to organizations such as ours or places like Nord and Global Genes, you help contribute directly by funding research and making a tangible difference in the lives of people living with rare diseases. Be sure to check out our donations page as well as our Get Involved page for more information on how you can make an impact. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed what we discussed today and learned a little bit more about the world of rare diseases. If you've been inspired by today's podcast and want to learn more, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Shaping Foundations or our website, shapingfoundations.wixsite.com. Want to get involved? You can donate to us at our website under the donate page or become a volunteer. Thank you for tuning in. Just by educating yourself, you've helped those with rare diseases be more connected and receive the resources they need. Any contribution is a great one. See you guys later.